0: In order to support the focusing of of our attention there are many different methods, different uh, objects that we can use. So, so far in this retreat, been uh, referring to the the rhythm of the breath, the rhythm of our footsteps. But these are by no means the only tools that we can use. If you bring attention to your hearing, if we listen closely, then for most people, if you uh, attend, listen carefully, in the background of our hearing, one can discern a a subtle, high-pitched, continuous ringing tone. a background sound. In Sanskrit, this is known as nada, which just means sound. And it's uh, inner a, in a sound. It's... Um, Something that we can attend to using its continuous, subtle, non-personal quality as an object of concentration. You can bring attention to that as an alternative to focusing on the breath. let see if you can discern that, listening inwardly. A subtle, continuous, high-pitched tone, like a white noise here in the background of our listening world. For some it might be quite loud, for some it might be impossible to discern at all. But take a moment to listen, bring attention to your hearing. See if you can discern that. This is also known as the sound of silence, and those of you who have done many retreats with Lumpur Sumato over the years or lived here at Amravati will know this is a very frequent and regular theme of his teaching, his practice. So to use this as an alternative to mindfulness of breathing as a concentration object is, for some people, it's extremely helpful. It's a a beneficial alternative. Sometimes it's easier to focus upon than the breath. But also it has many qualities that are, are useful that lend a, uh, an, a variety of helpful spiritual uh, supports. Firstly, it doesn't begin or end. You never hear it start or stop. It's just ever-present, continuous. It doesn't modulate according to our will. So... Whereas the breath can be controlled, you can hold your breath or breathe breathe deeply or in a shallow way. Personal will has no effect on the sound of silence. I can't make it do anything. It just is there. Beginningless, endless, present. So in this way it's a a sense object that is a, a good symbol for the Dhamma itself, apparent here and now, timeless. Leading inward, so far as when you pay attention to it, it becomes obvious. But if you are caught up with other thoughts or activities, conversations, It disappears from view as if it was never there. So as to be seen by each wise person for themselves. So it possesses these hints, these suggestions of qualities of the Dhamma itself. So it's a good symbol in the sense world of that which is transcendent, the ultimate reality, the true Dhamma, the Satcha Dhamma itself. It also has a quality whereby if you concentrate on it, it helps to brighten the mind. And the brighter the mind is, the easier it is to listen to. So, there's a positive feedback loop there. The more you pay attention to it, the easier it is to be paid attention to. It lends a greater quality of alertness, keenness of attention. We can use the the nada sound, the inner, inner sound, as an object to concentrate on, to focus on, and consciously, with that, laying aside all other thoughts and preoccupations, other sounds, physical sensations. It's a very helpful substantial support to samadhi in this way, if we focus on it to exclude everything else. But we can also use it to support insight, to support the practice of vipassanā also. If we don't focus on it to the exclusion of everything else, but rather just let it be here in the background, then it can be like a screen against which all other experience is projected. Like now, even though I'm speaking, I can still hear the nada sound going in the background. Between my words, here it is. So we can, by not focusing it on Focusing on it in a uh, in a way to the exclusion of other ex- other experience, just let it be the background, the uh, the wallpaper of our inner space, if you like. The screen upon which the projections of thought and memory, feeling and sight and sound, smell. The screen upon which they are projected. So letting the nada sound be in the background but still noticed helps to support a quality of non-entanglement with thought, with feeling, memory, mood. An ever-present reminder of the context for all experience. Reminding us this is The representation, the mind's representation of the world. We hear, we feel, we smell, we taste, we touch. But the presence of the nada sound in the background helps us to recollect. Oh, this is just a feeling. This is just a sound, a mood, a memory, an inspiration a sorrow, that's what it is, it's just the pattern of this moment. So in this way developing the listening to the inner sound, sound of silence, directly supports the, the quality of insight, seeing the empty, selfless, uncertain, transient nature of, of all experience. All patterns of consciousness. It's also a helpful object uh, to develop, to support Attention and continuity of, of mindfulness, because, say, when the mind becomes very calm and focused, the breath can get quieter and quieter, the cycles of breath slower and slower, so that there can be long stretches of time. Fifteen seconds, 30 seconds, a minute, a couple of minutes between breaths even to the point where the breath seems to stop altogether. So in those situations, trying to follow the breath, the object has disappeared. We haven't got access to that uh, feeling of the breath if the breath is not moving. There's no sensation associated with it. But the nāda sound continues, uninterrupted, ever-present, regardless of the degree of, of concentration. Here it is, steady, unbroken, fluid, like a constant silvery stream. for some people uh, according to the conditioning that we have that we might not experience this uh, as a sound but rather as a, a physical sensation like a physical vibration a subtle quality of, of uh, energy in our in the body in our hands or our face, our fingers. If we've developed a lot of body awareness, then that's how we might pick up this inner vibration, this universal vibration. Or if we're a a graphic artist, we spend a lot of time, a lot of attention in the visual world, then it might be that we experience this vibration as a quality of the visual field, a subtle, continual oscillation of the visual realm. Or wherever we experience it most strongly, then that's the area where we can use it. That's the contact point. The zone of experience that we can we can use that's the way it takes shape that's what we attend to it might also be that you have no idea whatsoever what i'm talking about this is all completely uh, confusing no sense of what this is referring to and if that's the case then and you can't hear any kind of inner sound or vibration it's all just a a, a blank area instead nothing is apparent then that's fine too just continue to use the breathing as a primary object of awareness. But if it is the case that one can discern this inner sound, a sound of silence, then it's a, a tool that can be used. We each work with the, the faculties, the capacities that are available to us We adapt the way that we work according to the the means and the situation that is open to us. What tools are available? What's accessible? Because the point is not to be following the breath or the nāda sound or even applying the reflections on anicca, dukkha, anatta. The point is to end suffering. The point is to awaken. To know the quality of true peacefulness. To realize Nibbana. So whatever means we're able to use in order to bring that about, that can be helpful. Those methods can be helpful. But just perfecting the methods or Applying the methods on their own is not the point. Learning recipes or even learning how to cook is not the point. But eating the food and being nourished, that's the point. If we are able to discern the sound of silence, we find we can attend to that. Then, in using this to support the development of insight, It can be very helpful as a, <clears throat> a context for developing the, the quality of wise reflection, investigation. So during the day, during the meditation, whether it's sitting or walking, or as we go about our various activities, you let the, the nada sound fill the awareness, just letting that be the background of our attention when the mind is quite quiet, and listening to the sound, then in that silence, you can drop the question, who am I? Who is it that's aware? So he listen to the silence, then just drop that question into it. And then attend. Notice what quality the quality of attention, the quality of awareness that is present before any verbal answers, any conceptual answers or responses come into being. When we we really pose that kind of question, who am I? Or what is it that's aware? What knows this moment? Or, Or things like Who does this mind belong to? Who does this moment belong to? It can vary the kind of reflection or question. And we're not looking for particular conceptual answers, verbal or clever answers, or standard Buddhist philosophical answers. But more, one's using the question or the statement to help interrupt the habitual flow of self creation. The habitual patterns of ahankara, mamankara, eye making, and mind making. And when we hear a sound, When there's hearing. What is it that knows the nāda sound? What is it that knows the sound of my voice? Does this have an owner? What is it that's doing the owning? What can really own anything. Now, the point is not the question, I'm not trying to say, create more confusion or complicated thinking, but just to drop these simple, reflective inquiries into the space of the mind, that fertile silence, and So notice that interruption. And notice the silence. Listen to the silence before the question. And then as you pose it, Who am I? And notice the space, the gap, immediately after the question is finished. the space before the conceptual answers start to appear. That hesitation, that pause, where the self-creation is interrupted momentarily. Bring attention to that pause, that gap, and sustain the attention there as fully and completely as possible. Allow the attention to rest in that space, that opening. And when we carry out this kind of an exercise, we listen to the silence, the, the inner sound, focus on that, and drop a question in. What am I? What am I? clearly discern the qualities, what's present, just after the question is posed. In that moment when the self-creation is interrupted, there's brightness, openness, peacefulness, no sense of self. that habitual process of self-creation is interrupted. It trips over its own feet. For a moment, the camera is turned back on the photographer. Catch that moment. Notice that quality. Let the heart rest there. And then when the attention gets snagged by thoughts or feelings, carried away by a sound we hear, an idea, then bring the question up again. What am I? What am I? and again re reopen that space like parting the curtains after a while you might find that if you use the same question over and over the mind becomes inured to that it no longer has that opening effect so then we can move it around be creative Often we have to be quick on our feet because the self-preservative habits, the self-creating habits are so strong, so pervasive, so determined to keep me in in charge, me present, me running the whole thing, that in a particular question or statement loses its power. so. We need to keep shifting it around, finding ways to to prise that that gap open, to part the curtains. So you can be creative with this, imaginative. Because the point is not the question that you ask, and certainly not any conceptual responses. But the silence of the mind, the open, bright, clear, selfless mind, that's revealed once the self-creating, self-obsessing habits are interrupted. The silence of the mind is the answer to that question.
1: Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you.
0: And uh, lastly, um uh, in the spirit of scriptural accuracy, these uh, quotations from Winnie the Pooh, uh, House at Pooh Corner. <laughs> Actually, the House at Pooh Corner, the um the first one is right at the very beginning of the House at Pooh Corner. Um uh it says uh, the more he uh this is talking about Winnie the Pooh, it says the more he looked inside the more Piglet wasn't there. So he's looking into where Piglet is hiding. So the more you look for the sense of self, the more it isn't there. And then about um, the, uh, the uh, nature of desire, like I was talking about last night. This is from chapter 9 of the house at Pooh Corner. <laughs> well, said Pooh, what I like best. And then he had to stop and think. Because although eating honey, capital E, capital H, although eating honey was a very good thing to do, there was a moment just before you began to eat it, which was better than when you were. But he didn't know what it was called. <laughs> that was written in 1928, so uh, he hadn't obviously got a translation of Ababa at that point. But, uh, so there you go.